Welcome home, everyone. Thank you for joining in on this episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. Welcome Home is a podcast where I, your host Josh, sit down for a conversation with different people who I admire and discuss whatever's on their mind, and especially focus on life at home in times like this. Wherever you are and however you're listening, thank you for your support, and once again, welcome home. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for joining in on this week's episode of Welcome Home with the Katinas. I hope everyone is enjoying the first few weeks of the new year, getting settled in. Um, I know in in here in Franklin, it's it seems like winter is already gone. The 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 warm weather, it feels like spring weather outside today, but I've been enjoying that. Um, I'm not sure what things are like around the rest of the country, but here I'm enjoying it. Um, And I'm excited for today's episode, Um, but before I get into that, I want to start off by thanking everyone who supports the show, who takes the time to listen, um, and who who supports us financially. Um, Anyone who gives to the Katina's ministry, you're also giving to this podcast and you're making this possible. And so uh, truly thank you guys for uh, allowing me to be able to, to do this every week and um, allowing my dad and his brothers to to um, do what they feel called to do and what I know they're called to do. Seriously, thank you guys so much. And if you do want to become a partner, um, the best way to do that is to go to thekatinas.com. You'll find a give button on the website. Just click that and it'll take you to where you need to go. So for today, I have uh, another first-time guest on the show. I think it's my second one of the year, so I'm doing pretty good on that. Um, this is someone who uh, is family to me. He is literally blood family. I feel like I say that a lot, but this guy really is family. Um, he's someone who I'm really excited to have here. Um, I never thought that this would be a possibility, honestly, until... Uh, him and his wife decided to move out here, and I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but I'd like to welcome my cousin, Tana Pritchard. Tana, thanks for being here, bro. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Of course. Um, as a first-time guest, I, for our listeners, I'd love to have you just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, whatever you think the people need to know, and then if you wouldn't mind also just sharing what your connection is to uh, my family. All right. Absolutely. So like Josh said, my name is Tana Pritchard. I grew up in Lakewood, Washington, just south of Seattle. Uh, went to Washington State University on the east side of the state in Pullman, Washington. Uh, I played football there and that's where I met my wife, Samantha. Uh, she was a cheerleader while I was playing football. We're that cliche linebacker cheerleader couple. Uh, we have two beautiful kids, a three-year-old daughter. Her name is Myla. And then a one-year-old son, his name is Yonatana. He's a junior. Uh, our full name is Yonatana, which means Jonathan in, in Samoan. Um, and then I know the family because, well, it's kind of 
or related two ways, which yeah. is always weird to talk about. <laughs> but my dad is first cousins with the Katina brothers. The um, and then the oldest, Uncle Yeti, um, his wife Kathy is my mom's sister. Yeah. So we're related two ways. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Which is a big no-no in the Samoan <laughs> culture, but uh, luckily it all happened transpired in the states. <laughs> yeah, I, I've um, my. My wife, Alexis, has asked me, so how are you guys related to them? <laughs> and I always have to tell her, it's not weird. I promise. It's, it's not. It's not weird. It's, they were related by mar- by marriage, if yeah. anything. Well, um, bro, again, thank you for being here. And this really is a, a privilege for me. And I've had your uh, your brother-in-law on the show, actually. Jason? Uh Jonathan. Oh, John. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Um, That's right. And I was like, man, I'd love to get more of this family on the show. <laughs> These guys are awesome. And, um, but... Since you're a first-time guest, I do have um, a little bit of a format that I like to, uh, I guess, stick to loosely, and it's a three-question format. Okay. And so the the first two questions will be things that really I'm more interested in, um, and then the, th- the third question is more about you, And uh, but we'll get there when we get there. So okay. I'm going to ask you your first question, and this is not a, a super deep question, but it's something I have to know. Why did you move out here, bro? Great question. <laughs> so uh, I, I think the short answer would be uh, my wife and I had always talked about doing something crazy, going on a big adventure, and um, moving out of Washington. We're both lifelong Washington residents, and we love our family in Washington, uh, but there was just something that we felt was pulling us out of Washington. And with two young kids and knowing uh, the school system in Williamson County and how family-friendly a lot of the neighborhoods are, uh, really um, appealed to my wife and I when we were looking at places to move to. And, of course, we've I have been visiting here for a long time. I mean, I've been to your uh, parents' house. I can't even remember how many times. but um, And just being able to... Uh, now call this home is is really special. It, it feels full circle, and then being able to come on on this podcast called Welcome Home, it yeah. feels feels very fitting. Cool, man. Yeah. So, how long have you and your wife been married? So, we got married in 2017. So, it'll be six years in July. So, congratulations on Thank that. You. So, five years in Washington yep. as a married couple, and then we moved here shortly before our fifth year anniversary. Okay, yeah. So, and maybe this is, uh, I I feel like I've been thinking about this more often, like, especially after I got married and, you know, the the possibility of being a father became more real. And obviously Mm -hmm. you already are a father. How much did like your kids play into that decision? Like thinking about where your kids are going to grow up Mm -hmm. or the environment, was that a factor or... um, I don't know. It, yeah. How, how did that? Great question. So I would say it, is, it was an absolutely a factor. We had talked about it before we had ever talked about having kids. When we first got married, we uh, just kind of you know looked down our journey, our lives in 10 years and uh, kind of imagined where we would be. And uh, I don't think either of us were really thinking... Washington. I mean, other than our family, um, her parents and my parents being there, uh, there was nothing really keeping us in Washington. And and we felt like there were other places in the country that we um, could 
find ourselves being a better fit for um, as opposed to Washington. So uh, I think the thing that the that having kids did for us was kind of just move up our timeline because uh, the the public schools that I went to um, compared to Williamson County Public Schools yeah. uh, played a huge part in, in our decision and um, just kind of how quickly it, it happened. I mean, my daughter's only three and she's going to be going to kindergarten here in a few years and wow. we didn't want to move down like the year she was starting kindergarten because sure. then she'd have to get acclimated to not only going to school but then an entire new city and, yeah. and state as well. So that's why we, we did it when we did. That's, a, that's awesome. I mm-hmm. want to ask this. Um, what is in your observations, what's the biggest difference between the Pacific Northwest and the, the down dirty South? <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, geography wise, the, the climate down here is completely different. It's brighter, it's warmer. Um, and well, actually, um, thinking about the people, it's very similar. The, the mm. people are brighter and warmer. And mm. uh, I, I just, we, we've talked about this a lot with our friends and family back home uh, who have, you know, constantly asking us, how, how's the move? How's the move? Uh, one thing we notice is people here take time to, um, you know, get to know neighbors, get to know strangers. Whereas in Washington, it felt like everybody was just in their own lane, doing their own thing, trying to accomplish whatever they had to do throughout the day. And I mean, all we have neighbors on three sides of us, all who have come introduce themselves to us. Um, it's funny, two of them actually moved here from California for, for similar reasons, Mm -hmm. what we, what we moved here for. But, uh, yeah, I would just say that, that warm, welcoming mentality, um, you know, that Southern hospitality is a real thing. Yeah. I I feel like I've talked about this on the show before, but Sometimes I, I'm glad that I grew up in, in the South, but I also think that I probably don't ap- appreciate mm, um, the people here as much as maybe someone like you does just not being from here. And, and it's funny because, you know, and I've gotten to travel a little bit around the country growing up and uh, one of my favorite places to go was New York City. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite parts about New York City was the fact that I felt like nobody cared about me at all. <laughs> like no one cared what I was doing. Yep. No one cared how I, what I was wearing, how I was acting. And um, I don't know, it, it's just the complete opposite of like the culture here. Sure. And it's funny how like I really appreciated that yeah. part of, of it there. And um, But it, it totally makes sense to me why people would appreciate coming to a place where, you know, the I guess the air quote Southern hospitality is, is shown. And you know where, where I find it to be similar, Mm -hmm. where I've traveled to outside of the South that I feel like the people are similar is Hawaii. Yeah. Island style. It's very, it's just, it's part of our culture is just being friendly, open, that hospitality aspect when I mean, you know, as well as I do, whenever we've had guests or people come, strangers come stay at our house, just yeah. what our moms and dads do to open up our, our homes to uh, it really anybody is, is kind of what I experienced in my house. And now being able to see that part of the culture down here is really cool. Yeah, I definitely see the similarities. Mm-hmm. But Okay, there's your first question. Nice. This second question, I could sound like a fool by asking this question, but... Um, I'm pretty sure at one point I heard that you were 
somehow involved in firefighting. Is that true? <laughs> not true. No. That's not true at no, all. No, not true at all. Oh, why, um, why would I have heard that? Well, so I went on a couple ride-alongs right when I graduated college because, okay. you know, like a lot of or newly graduated um, college kids come back home. They're like, man, now what? Okay. <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted to do. I um, had a couple different uh, buddies who were into firefighting, actually teammates from school, really close friends that, um, you know, one of them in particular who was a um, quarterback at Washington State and his dad was a firefighter in Southern California and he was a firefighter and um, I was like, man, that seems like a really cool gig. You only work a couple days a week, even if they're 24-hour shifts. I mean, there were just a lot of um, aspects of it that, you know, really appealed to me, yes. but nope, decided not See, to do that. that. I told you, I could look like a fool. It's funny. I probably okay. heard one thing one time that, oh yeah, ton of Doing something with a firefighter <laughs> in my mind, it's like my cousin Tana, he's a firefighter. <laughs> um, yeah. But okay, well, then I'll switch it up. So cool. you mentioned that you were a college athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess this will be a multi part question, but the college part of that, what what did you study at, at Wazi? I studied communication. Okay. Mm-hmm. And was there like, are you using that degree now? I guess you I should ask. Kind of. I'm, yeah. I'm in sales now. So okay. I'm in uh, med device sales. And a lot of the you know things I learned in college definitely happen sure. and are applicable to what I do every day. Okay. Another question. And I've had a few college athletes on the show. I feel like I'm lucky to say that. But <laughs> the transition from going from being a, an athlete, playing football to all of a sudden it's over. Uh-huh. I'm not a football player anymore, or at least I'm not playing for a team anymore. Yeah. Um, what was that transition like for you? Was it hard? Was it easy? Did you thrive? Did you struggle? Um, how would you say that went? I did not thrive. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't say I struggled either, but the biggest difference for me was how much focus and support I felt like I had around me as a... Uh, division one student athlete, uh, whether it be from, you know, nutritionists, having all of our meals cooked for us, the academic support from our advisors and, and tutors, and then like the athletic training staff, just a ton of eyes on us constantly so that we would be successful and, and ultimately win football games because that's why we were, we were there. Right. Um, and then to be done playing. And my first job out of college was I was um, a server at a, at a restaurant in Tacoma. And, and to go from that to being a server was just completely different. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the, the biggest adjustment, I think, for me mm-hmm. being done with, with football. So our cousin Zion, he just finished his uh, time at Kennesaw State mm-hmm. playing football. He just graduated last month. Um, and I'm sure there's there's lots of athletes out there who just graduated or are graduating now. Um, if you could give a word of advice to, to the people who are entering that transition of like, I'm no longer a college athlete. Sports is no longer the focal point of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh is there any advice that you would have to share with them? Sure. I think the thing that helped me the most when I was trying to figure out what was next was I, there's, you know, a ton of very uh, strong men in my life that I uh, really appreciate who have been mentors to me for a long time. And what, what 
kind of they all said was to make sure you reach out to your network, um, test and try. Uh, I mean, similar to the firefighter question earlier, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I had a connection in firefighting in Lakewood because of my parents. And so I was able to go on a number of ride alongs that, you know, helped me determine if, if that was ultimately going to be a good fit for me. And I did that in, in a ton of different areas. I talked to financial advisors and uh, people in sales, people in management, and um, ultimately made my decision to go into sales because um, I felt like it was what you know, my traits and what my talents outside of football were most suited to. Sure. Well, that's good, bro. Yeah. Last, last question about college. And you mentioned your wife was a cheerleader. Yep. You guys met in college? We did. Okay. So I feel like I want to start asking people this question more often because I love hearing these stories. So you're going to be the first person to ask this. Love it. Tell me your love story with your wife. <laughs> okay. How, how'd you guys meet? It doesn't have to, you don't have to go super. No, no, no. In, it's good. It's, it's but, actually a um, good story. Yeah. I'd love to hear that. So I lived in a football house with um, three other football players and a basketball player, um, all from Washington. Uh, shout out to Max, Jordan, John, and Devonte. And when we were sophomores, we had moved into a house together because the first year we were in the dorms. And we decided to get a dog, uh, a puppy, so that we could... I mean, we, we all love dogs, but we also wanted to use this puppy to go <laughs> onto campus to meet girls. Nice. And so I was just walking my dog right next to campus. We weren't on campus. We were close. And, um, because, and we were right outside of Bowler, which is the athlete building. Okay. So a lot of the athletes, which I knew, this is why I was walking my dog, <laughs> yeah. my puppy past there, uh, go in and out of that building. And Samantha, my wife, and her friend Alyssa were walking into the building, walking past Bain. And of course, they came up. I mean, nobody can can walk by a puppy, right. especially college girls, and, <laughs> yeah. and not say hi to him. So she started petting him. Um, and eventually, I was like, hey, if you ever want to walk him or hang out with him, just let me know. Uh, just take my number down, and, nice. and, and we can uh, set something up. So that's how we met. And, and she's uh, the only girl you did that to. Only right? girl. <laughs> yeah. Only one. And the funny thing is, we still have Bain to this day. Wow. And he's uh, he's our he's like eleven now, and he's the reason that we're together. Wow, that's yeah. a cool story. Man. I know it's it's good. Very very smart thinking, <laughs> buddy. Bro. I feel like lots of guys they try and do smooth stuff like that, and nine times out of ten it doesn't work out. But, but all you need is one success story. That's right. Bro. Well, thanks for sharing that with me, bro. Of um, well, there's your first two questions. I'll move on to the third and. This question is really what the podcast is all about. Um, it's the uh, it's intentionally open ended because I want you to to feel like you can answer it however you want. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll just ask it: What's going on at home? Good question. So transition, I'd say, is the word that first comes to mind. Uh, we just moved into this house in Spring Hill in November. And there's a lot of things that we wish we would have brought from Washington that we didn't, that we're like going out and figuring out like, 
Um, one of our couches that we ended up not bringing would have been a perfect fit for this house here. And so there's a little bit of frustration, a little bit of um, creativity on my wife, especially my wife, but my wife and I's behalf to, to make uh, the things that we did bring and that we do have work. Um, which she's awesome at. I mean, she's she's a goodwill Facebook marketplace uh, entrepreneur and and really good at, at using those things to make our house uh, really a home. And um, I would say the the rhythm that we're in right now with our kids and both of our jobs is really smooth. And we really appreciate um, our family support that we've had here. I mean, we've had a ton of. Uh, all of our, all of the uncles reached out to us, see how they could help, how they could, Uncle Yeti was there the weekend we moved in, unpacking boxes, and Callie came over, and Auntie Kathy, and, and Uncle Yeti just came on Wednesday to bring us dinner. So I would just say things are going really well at home. Um, the transition and the rhythm that we're in feels very good and smooth, and I hope we can uh, stay down this path. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, would you say there was things that you before making the move and I guess while making it, was there things that you feared things that you were afraid of? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. The, I think the biggest one was with my job. I uh, was doing, I was a sales rep at a med device company and really loving it in Washington. And they knew my manager there knew that I wanted to move to Tennessee. And um, we waited for a few years to see if a spot with, uh, my company would open up in Tennessee. Unfortunately, that never happened. So um, I took a job with another company and that company, you know, treats us really well. It's more of a startup. Mm -hmm. So trying to figure out where we're going to fit in this industry has been a real challenge. Uh, I think we're on a really good track, but I think uh, there's still some hurdles that we're going to need to get over to really um, make a name for ourselves in, in the industry that we're in. So how long have you been in sales now? Since 2005, since I graduated. Okay. So uh, I was I was working at a restaurant for a couple of months. And then um, about four or five months after graduation, I had my first uh, sales management role. Okay. So sales is a thing that I feel like I, I get nervous when I think <laughs> when okay. I think about it. I don't know why. It's, I just don't really see my that being something that I would thrive in. But I've always wanted to be good at it. Yeah. And like, I really respect people who, who are successful in mm -hmm. that field. What would you say makes a good salesperson? Another great question. So the, I like to talk about the method, the methodology that I personally use uh, that has worked really well for me. It's called the Challenger Sale. I was handed a book by one of my managers um, in my second role who, who gave me this book and um, basically what it comes down to is knowing what you're selling, being passionate about it, and then finding a way to, um, challenge the person that you're selling to and partnering with them to be more of a resource and a, and a, uh, consultant rather than somebody who's just there to, to sell them something. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different ways that we look at the, um, companies that we're selling to and try to figure out a way that we can, um, find certain challenging areas that they experience in their industry and, um, use our products to be a solution for them. How important would you, you said this being passionate about what you're selling, mm -hmm. how important do you think that is? It's so important. I mean, for me, it's, yeah. it's so important because 
I don't understand how people sell bad products or, or things that don't work because I just would feel so bad. And, and it's part of the reason that I think that I've been successful in sales is every company that I've worked for, I've believed in what I was selling a hundred percent. And to be able to walk into a room knowing that, um, our products were superior is really empowering mm. and, and, and helps, you know, lead the conversation to most of the time exactly where I wanted it to go. I'm always curious about that because, you know, I've had friends that have had sales jobs and they straight up tell me like, dude, I'm selling junk or yeah, whatever. And yeah, that's I'm like, not every, <laughs> somebody has to sell junk. Yeah, <laughs> that's has true. To sell. Yeah. And so I wonder like, cause I think there are some people that they just have a gift, I guess, mm-hmm. or I don't know if you'd even call it a gift, but the, it doesn't really matter to them yeah, what they're selling. Yeah, they just yeah. want to get the sale. Yeah, one and of so- the questions that I use to, um, you know, when I'm when I'm figuring out which company I want to work for is I ask if they if what they sell, the products that they sell, or even their company is industry changing or industry leading. And there's a few metrics that you can use to. Um, actually see what their market share is in in whatever industry you're talking about. But uh, for me, if they don't fit one of those two boxes, then I I personally would have trouble mm. working for a company that that wasn't one of those two things. Do you pay attention at all to like the internet sales moguls? Like yeah, a little bit. Like yeah. the um, Grant Cardones yeah. and uh, yeah, the real estate ones especially because we've you know considered or, or thought we, we have a house in Washington and we're like, what are we going to do with this house? It's, it's terrible time to sell. And we've thought about, you know, doing real estate investing. And uh-huh. there's a lot of guys out there who are teaching classes. And I was just curious from your perspective, someone who knows way more about it than I do. Like, do you feel like those guys are legit? Like, do you feel like they're sharing good information or? I think it depends. Yeah. I don't think all of them are sharing great information. I think a lot of them are looking for clicks. I I don't know enough about real estate investing specifically, but just um, sales or, or selling, they're good at what they do. Yeah. And they, they reach a lot of people because they take those um, attributes or those, those things I talked, those, the, that methodology about sales and just, you know, convey it to a, a the, the public. And, um, hopefully that whoever people are, are following out there, um, are having success because I honestly am not sure. I haven't looked into it enough to know if what they're selling is, and I'm sure some of them are selling great things and yeah. some of them are not. Yeah. Well, dude, I got a lot of respect for you. I, sales guys make the world go around. We the the company I work for, we we don't we don't call them sales guys, but that's what they are. Yeah. And in in house, we call them the rainmakers. There you right? go. No one else <laughs> has a job bills. except for them. But, um, yeah. Well, I I would say the same to you know everybody in support. It's yeah. like we can't do and and be successful at what we do if it wasn't for the people who. Um, you know, gave us the opportunity and the resources to go out and sell. Sure, bro. Well, I guess we'll shift away from work. Okay. Because uh, I just got off work. I'm sure you did too. <laughs> I did too. Yeah. What's it like being a dad? Uh, being a dad is the best thing ever. It's it's also extremely hard. And I think, you know, praying for patience for a long time and 
um, I've learned that God doesn't just give you patience. He gives you opportunities to be patient. Hmm. And my kids are a testament to that <laughs> because they, you know, they were around them all the time. They know exactly how to get on our nerves and to, um, you know, do the things that uh, make us the most angry. And, and they, they're, they're good at that, but hmm. they're also the most fun, most loving, most caring, uh, little humans on the planet. And, um, I, I am not great at the baby phase and I'm, mm. my wife and I've talked about this a lot. And, um, my son is like 16 months now and he's just getting to the age where I, I thrive that toddler phase. I'm, yeah. I'm so good at because I'm, you know, love to play, love to rough house. And, um, <laughs> it's, he's like the typical boy mm. loves, loves, uh, playing with any round object, balls, <laughs> footballs, basketballs, baseballs, um, he's, I'm trying to get him into golf. I mean, okay. being a football player, I have a ton of injuries that uh, if he could steer away from football, I would personally be happy, but <laughs> I'm not going to tell him he, you know, can't play football. Mm-hmm. It'll be, it'll be up to him. That's funny that you talk about that. Cause my brother, Eli, he's having his first son yep, that's right. in, in a few months. And when we, <laughs> we had like a, a gender reveal party and we found out it's going to be a boy Yeah, and First thing he did was he kissed his wife, and then afterwards he looked at me and said, "We're going to the league." Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Eli is like he's so excited for his kid to oh, play football. Man, that's awesome. All the sports, uh, but particularly football because Eli loves football. Yep. Um, when you think about like your son and your daughter growing up and playing sports, like. What do you hope, as as someone who grew up playing sports yourself, yeah, like what yeah. do you, what role do you hope that sports plays in their life? Yeah, I think about kind of the generation behind us who are turning into young adults now, and um, things that I feel they um, are missing out on potentially, um, not as a whole, and that's that's a very general statement, but. Um, I think to answer your question, the thing I, I hope that they get the most out of sports is uh, work ethic, mm-hmm. something that I you know learned from a very young age because of sports that if you wanted to be good and you wanted to be the best, you had to put in the time and um, work every single day at your craft, whatever you were doing, and then discipline, just being able to, um, no matter if you were feeling motivated for that day or not, you it, there wasn't a question in your mind. You were going to wake up and go to the gym, go get shots up, go throw with your receivers because that's what you had to do. You knew you had to do that to be successful. Um, there's always that that coach or that person out there who's saying, if you're not doing it, somebody else is. One of your comp- competitors um, are out there getting better. What did you do today to get better? And um, that's that's really ultimately what I hope they uh, get out of sports. If I mean, I would love for them to get a college education or go be uh, professional athletes, but that's not that's not my um, ultimate goal for them. I think I think the first and um, most important thing that they can get out of sports is work ethic and discipline, and you, have a bunch of fun. Yeah. Do you think you'll be the, a coach, or you think you'll be the dad in the background? Yeah. I, it's going to be hard for me because I love sports and I love competition. But just that, I'm, I'm so competitive mm. that they're – for my son, I, I think f- absolutely. If I 
feel that I, I can do it with Myla and not put a strain on our relationship. I would love to be her coach, but she's hard headed. And uh-huh. so, and so am I. And, and I could just see it would not be a good fit for me to be her coach. But if she ever asks me, I would absolutely do it. Um, I would just have to man pray a lot and <laughs> <laughs> try to try to be as calm as I possibly could. Yeah. I, I've asked Eli. Well, Eli straight up said, oh, I'm going to be his coach. And he said, I'm going to be his coach, and we're going to beat everybody. <laughs> I love that. I love but it. Maybe uh, maybe your guys' kids will be on the same football there team you go. one day or something. Yeah. That would be funny. That would be awesome. Um, all right, bro. Well, are you um, are you a Seahawks fan? Yeah. I, I don't. I, I mean, I, I love the Seahawks. I, I hated how that game went last week i was just okay. so disappointed well we won't talk about the game <laughs> okay, thank you but i do know we have like surprisingly a good amount of seahawks fans that listen to the show yeah i want to hear from you because i don't think i've ever talked about the seahawks i'm not a seahawks fan but um are you a titans fan and steelers oh that's right yeah. i knew that i mean that's i Troy, true for, i like the titans i guess yeah but, um You're, you've been a steelers, a steelers fan steelers forever fan, yeah. yeah that's right but how after your first year without Russell, mm-hmm. how do you feel about the trade? I, I, I mean, I'm ecstatic. I don't yeah. know who, what Seahawks fan wouldn't be happy after the season we had versus the season that Denver had. I loved Russ when he was in Seattle. I felt like the last few times he was, or the f- last few seasons in Seattle, he uh, didn't seem like he wanted to be there as much as you know the the previous years. So um, I'm happy that he got what he wanted and that uh, Seahawks got Geno because he balled out this year. Were you surprised by how things went in Denver? Yes, you absolutely. I, I mean, I I don't know enough about their roster, but I I felt like they were going to have a um, you know a 500 season or above and. Did definitely did not turn out right. that way. What was more surprising to you, Denver flopping or Seattle Ooh, honestly I, being good? I think Seattle being, I mean, going into the, the playoffs because, mm. you know, I, I wasn't projecting or I wasn't thinking in my mind that Denver was going to be a playoff or a division contending team, um, but I definitely wasn't thinking Seahawks were going to have the season that they had. Yeah, uh, I'll move to college football. Being a Washington State alum, mm-hmm. um, how do you feel about the state of the Pac-12 right now? Oh man, it's seem to be Pac-10. Ten, yeah. Um, it's it's honestly sad. I just yeah. I feel so much pride and uh, reverence towards the West Coast and everything that the Pac-12 has done for college and NFL football and. To just see that kind of getting thrown to the wayside because of money is just tough. Yeah. I mean, USC and UCLA are such staples in that conference that um, having them leave, it just seems like it's it's not going to ever be the same. Right. And, and with all of the other conferences shifting around, I was hoping that um, the Pac-12 could have some semblance of, um, you know, pride or uh, commitment. Uh, mm-hmm. or loyalty and it just comes down to dollars yeah. <laughs> so that's that's the unfortunate part of uh college football is it's it's a lot about the money yeah well you know us the katinas we're a usc fans uh-huh. yeah but so i'm finding that i'm sad about it too really because they're gonna be cold they're probably gonna play teams closer to here well i'm sad because i grew up watching pac-12 football yeah and i always knew 
in my mind, the Pac-12 is where the Polynesian kids went yep, to play. Absolutely, West and Coast. And so I loved watching. I just loved watching all the Samoan and Tongan mm-hmm. kids and mm-hmm. all the Polynesian athletes playing. It seems like more and more now I see um, Polynesian athletes playing in other conferences. Yep, absolutely. Um, but I don't know. The Pac-12 just, I feel like it has a special place in my heart. Absolutely. And it's sad to me to see what's happening to it. I'm, I don't know what their next step is going to be like. I don't know how they're going to maintain relevance yep. with you know you're absolutely these, right like, it, it seems like there's really becoming like two power three conferences. Two, yeah, or two or three, or three. super conferences but. yeah that I, I mean i'm in in just as much uh dismay as you are and i really hope that something positive happens to yeah. kind of bolster the the pack 10 uh, I don't know what that would take. I mean, some of the independent schools or some of the bigger Mountain West schools, maybe, um, is, is you know some of the rumors that I've heard. But um, outside of that, well, because you know Tavita is still coaching right. at Stanford, and right. we're, we're huge Stanford fans now too because he's he's still there. And I'm a Stanford um, fan. Too. There you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and so they're they're still going to be part of the conference. And uh, talking with him, he's he's kind of in a similar place. I feel like where he's just kind of bummed that right. the the Pac-12 that we grew up with, or he played in the Pac-8, I played in the Pac-10 and the Pac-12. Um, so to be able to, um, you know, feel like we've had a whole history and my dad played in the Pac, whatever, back yeah. in the day, in the seventies, <laughs> um, to just have, you know, a tradition of, of Pac-12. It's just sad. Yeah. Well, maybe Deion Sanders turns there you go, Colorado, Colorado to <laughs> A nationwide one of my house. one of my buddies that I played with, Brett Bartoloni, he's the he's the inside receivers coach at Colorado. He okay. he came with him from Jackson State. Wow. Yeah. I, have you been seeing any like the videos of like the him? coach? Yeah. It seems it's so, intense, bro. Yeah. And and it's funny. I, one of the tweets I saw today was like the did you see the one where the coach is telling him like stand up? Yes, so, yes. I, one of the tweets I saw today was I hope those coaches know that as soon as that meeting's over, all we do is make fun of some yeah. of the coaches for how they they talk to us, and it's so true. I mean, I've been in those meeting rooms before, and the the coaches that come in and and demand uh, I don't even want to say respect. I mean, they they want to just be in there and boss everybody around. It's it's not a good look, and it's not what ultimately leads to a successful team chemistry in, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, you would know more than I, I don't have a lot to say good to say about that. I will say though, it's like these, I don't know how that's going to go over after for like seasons and years. Like I feel like that's one of those things. If your team's not winning that kind of coaching, it's not going to help mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. maybe if you're winning when you're winning everything everything yeah, works everything but, so yeah. i don't know well thanks for talking sports with me absolutely i got one more question okay and this is nothing to do with anything we've talked about in the past or earlier um but i've asked this question to a few guests um and i want to ask you do you believe in aliens <laughs> oh uh, man I, I feel like there's a lot of of stuff coming out from um, you know, Joe Rogan is somebody <laughs> I listen to. And um, I, I think, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I, I don't, I, if I had to lean one way or the other, I would say there are not aliens. Mm. Um, but there is a lot of uh, 
evidence or a lot of videos and and things like that one Air Force pilot yeah. that saw those weird lights in I the think sky. His name's and, David Fravor. Yeah, yeah. Fravor, uh, Captain Fravor, yeah. to see how they were moving. I mean, he sounded. I heard his him recount the story and. Um, he sounded so convinced that it's like, man, maybe there are aliens. Yeah. So I would say I'm like 51, 49 percent, okay. um, no aliens, but maybe. Well, I do know that like there have been official like government documents that yeah. have come out basically saying there are, they call them UAPs now mm-hmm. instead of UFOs. Yep. I don't even know what, uh, unidentified something phenomenon. Yeah. They're UFOs. Uh-huh. Then basically, the the government is acknowledging that there is stuff in the skies that we don't really have an explanation yeah. for. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, the fact that the government is talking about it now almost makes me more skeptical of it mm. because I feel like, like more I, skeptical as in there are aliens. Yeah, I'm more skeptical as to, like, why are you telling us this now? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm so distrusting (laughs) of the government. It's unhealthy. But, like, I just wonder, like, why would they... If if they've they've known known about this forever, why tell us now? Yeah, like they're declassifying some of the documents. Yeah, Yeah. I saw that. I don't know. I like to lean towards there are aliens just because, one, I think it'd be awesome. But also... um, when I just think about like the vastness of the universe, it seems to me like uh, there's like mathematically there has to be yeah, something else sure. out there. I don't know. One, uh, I've been really getting into like the stars and constellations, uh-huh. and not like astrology stuff. But <laughs> uh, for Christmas, my mom got me uh, her gift to me was a telescope. Cool. So I've been looking at the sky. Nice. Um, but I don't know. I like asking what people think about aliens. Yeah. I, I feel like it would be less exciting and more scary if the aliens were real. Cause all of the, my favorite alien movies and shows growing up were always aliens are coming to kill the human race and yeah. we had to protect ourselves from them. So part of me is like nervous that it's could be real. Yeah. Honestly. So I've asked not on the show, but I've asked people before I love talking about it and yeah. and they're like, Oh, I don't know. I don't, don't really ever think about it. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm like, how can you not yeah, definitely at least thought about it? Wonder like, <laughs> is there something else out there? I don't know. But yeah. well, bro, that is your final question. And uh, thank you for for answering all of my questions. Absolutely. Sorry for thinking you were a fireman for the <laughs> last okay. couple of years. But I really appreciate having you out here and um, not just on the show, but knowing that you, you and your family are closer by. It's uh, Hopefully I get to see you more often. Absolutely. And, um, you're welcome here anytime, bro. Thank you. I yeah. appreciate it. And you're always welcome at our house as well. Thank you, man. Yep. For those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.